Alright everybody, how are you doing? You've tuned into Famous First Times. Tell them what we're doing, Dom. Don't mind if I do. <laughs> we're uh, we're going to look at famous people and what they do when they're shagging, aren't we, Ian? That's right. We look at the famous first times that they've had sex, if we can, and we can find that out. And what's the theme of this episode, Dom? It's a jabba. the episode. So we're doing... James Brown. And... Jam Bowen. <laughs> Jam Brown. Jam Bowen. So there's a JB's. Who's coming up the first one? James Brown. Right. James Brown. All right, James Brown. So I spent the past few days in yeah. James Brown's headspace. How and was that? It's pretty fucking intense. This is what it's like. His book, there's a lot of fighting in it. He's, got, he's constantly bragging about how good he is at oh, fighting. I can imagine that, yeah. So he's not big, but he can batter. And he had loads of descriptions of battering big guys. And there's loads of stuff about the race riots in the 60s, 70s, and so on. And he was a big part of that. He was involved in it, like counting it down and stuff. But we're not here for that. We're here for dicks. We're here for James Brown's dick. Yeah, it's fuck what he'd done to, like, try and make the world a better place. No one's listening to this for that. We want to know who he's jizzed up. (laughs) Right, little James Brown, describe him to me. Uh, Like every fucker else we're talking about, I just imagine him being just a rum little fucker, just (laughs) horny little bastard. Just because he's so intense and like, ah, ah, just imagine him just... Being proper into getting off with people. I want to fucking do everything all at once and barking at people. Do you like his music? Do you like James Brown? Yeah, he's fucking super talented. It's like got a load of bangers. I've never listened to a James Brown song and gone, oh, it's fucking a bit boring, isn't it? Mm, yeah, it's definitely it's not like boring. Every song was amazing and uh, like the best that it could be. Yeah, and tight. You know the story about him finding the member of his band. If they made any tiny mistake on stage, what he'd do is he'd flash his hand, like open his hand like that at them to let them know they're being fined. And he'd do that throughout the gig. And so you just got five dollars, ten dollars. Yeah. And they're like going, Oh, it's tight, no, I've got to, got to get it tighter. And there's people watching in the crowd, it's just like, oh James is just doing some fancy stuff with his hands. Yeah. In reality, he's fining all the members of his band, just kinda of costing them money. So here's his first little story. He's uh he's five year old and he grew up in a whorehouse. Brothel. Bro- brothel, yeah. yeah. Okay, this is from The Godfather of Soul, an autobiography by James Brown, and it was released in 1986. We steered money into the house another way too. To get to Camp Gordon from town, the soldiers had to walk right by our house. Big Junior and I would stand out there and ask them, did they want a woman? I wouldn't let them say no. Come on, I'd say. There's some real pretty ones in that house yonder. I'd hook my arms in theirs and start tugging, pulling them towards the house. When they'd finally say yes, I'd lean them right inside. I guess I saw and heard just about everything in the world in that house when the soldiers were there with the women. It was a funny thing about the soldiers though. They didn't want anything freaky. I'm not endorsing it or condemning it, but they didn't believe in oral sex. They thought it was unholy. Yeah, what an introduction into the world of women and sex for James Brown. Yeah, whole house. 
pimping really little yeah. five year old pimp yeah I suppose he wasn't just like watching he was like actively getting the customers in he said he, I, I guess I saw and heard just about everything so he's probably watching them yeah he saw and heard so much so that they was like oh don't fucking suck me off <laughs> don't like it alright oh, now I know the ways of the older man <laughs> that's stuck in his head this next story I'm going to sum it up it's not really a sex one but it really tells you what James Brown is like as a kid so basically, he said he was a little street kid getting into a lot of trouble. And at school, he had loads of girlfriends. And the teachers just couldn't understand it. And one day, a teacher said to, to these girls, I don't see why he likes James Brown. Well, he's not got any money. And he said, yes, I do. Put out his little shitty wallet, and it's packed full of bills. And the teacher looked at it, and he says it, and pulled out the wad. It was $3 and a lot of paper cut to the size of bills. <laughs> <laughs> just tracing around one of them. Quite round. Fucking amazing ballsy move, isn't it? I, mean, I enjoy the craft element. I'd like to know if he drew little Benjamin Franklins on him or whatever <laughs> was, was on these notes. Right, here's a proper sex story. So he's 15, 16 here, and he got sent to prison. And it's a prison that has female inmates as well. In another part of the prison, they had a few girl inmates. Most of them were real dangerous because almost all of them were in there for killing somebody. I didn't care. They were women and I wanted to impress them. There was one girl in particular I wanted to look sharp for. Her name was Eva. We looked at each other all the time, but I couldn't figure out how to get together with her. One guard who was always real good to me could tell I had an eye on her. One day he said to me, James, you kind of like that little old gal, don't you? What gal is that, Captain? I asked. Come on now, you know who I mean, Geneva. That was her real name. I just smiled, waiting to see what he was driving at. Well, there's this big linen closet near the laundry, he said. It's right ruby in there. If no one was looking, two people could get real comfortable in there. That guy liked me, and he liked her, and he was just helping us the way some people will. Just being human. <laughs> he was another good man. He didn't have to say any more. The next time Eva and I worked in the laundry, as soon as that guard nodded that the coast was clear, we took off all that closet. It was roomy in there, and there were all those linens to make a nice bed out of. It wasn't the honeymoon suite, but I don't think anybody in a honeymoon suite ever enjoyed themselves more than Eva and I did on that day. <laughs> Even in prison, he's getting laid. And this guard, what a nice guy. Yeah. What a lovely bloke. Just a good guy. Just a good guy. Good human. Just a fucking purr. <laughs> watching little kids I'm, fuck in a room. You want to fuck this bed? I can make it happen. He's definitely watching and wanking all for a minute. <laughs> yeah. But James is just there insisting. What a lovely block. <laughs> insisting that he's a good man. Hey, no. But he restores your faith in humanity, this, doesn't he? <laughs> and he's there in the corner. Some people, <laughs> some people just have your best interest at heart, <laughs> don't they? <laughs> And they're all in there for killing people. <laughs> all the yeah. girls have killed. Oh, I fancy this bird who's like fucking stabbed a load of blokes. <laughs> okay, this next one. So it's mid-60s and he's speaking with his manager about some ideas to get more press. 
The next thing I knew, there was an item in the gossip section of a magazine that insinuated I was going across the water to have a sex change operation so I could marry Bobby Bird. <laughs> Once the rumor was started, there wasn't much I could do about it. If you deny it, it just makes it bigger. All these people were coming to the show to see what the truth was. Once, in a California, there were people jumping up on the stage to dance. Some of them were trying to grab me between the legs. After it all died down, we had a good laugh about it. It was all in good fun. <laughs> right, so we talked about, they did a gig in Kansas City that got shut down. And it got shut down because these dancers wore really short shorts and they didn't shave under their armpits. So when they were dancing and kicking around, James says they could see all this hair from the pubes and their armpits, and the police didn't like it and shut it down. Any comments on it after? The sex change rumor might have had something to do with the police's attitude when we were there. I think they were expecting a dirty show. I never gave a dirty show in my life. <laughs> the rumor had a life of its own though. Later on, I heard that a popular version was that I was going to marry my drummer. That's funny, because I used to drum on three of the tunes we did. Anyway, I never married my drummer. <laughs> never married Bobby Bird either. He was already married. <laughs> That's mental, isn't it? Just, that his manager set that rumour up that he's going to have a sex change operation and marry Bobby Bird. So he did it just to get more press? and like, uh, I don't think that's going to... In the mid to late 60s, it's going to be scandalous then, isn't it? Yeah, but did he want a scandal, do you think? Seems it's, cool with it. See, it doesn't seem arsed, does he? He's like, ah, we had a good laugh about it. Yeah. And people were like checking between his legs to see what he had. <laughs> Has he got one still? Oh, he's still got a fucking knob. <laughs> I read another book about him and they're really suspicious of this. And they say, no, nah, it sounds nonsense. You don't set that up as a promotional gimmick that you're having a sex change. It's really weird. He reckons there's something to it. Like kind of claiming that James was at least having a relationship with this Bobby Bird. All right. His guitarist. But James here just kind of laughs it off. I mean, it is funny because he used to drum on some of the songs. <laughs> so would he, would he marry himself? <laughs> it's a weird shitty joke he's It's a weird joke, isn't it? <laughs> He's not going to marry myself, am I? <laughs> never married Bobby Bird either. He was already married. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, he would say, I never married him because he had a missus. Oh, yeah, a little hint. Yeah. Like, oh, but is it true? Not because I didn't fancy him. <laughs> so this, I've got some other bits here. These are from interviews with people who work with him. And he said, like, yeah, he fucks a lot of women, but he didn't make love. He just fucked. So this longtime friend says, he did not know about the soft... A lot of the time, he'd let his cronies deal with the preliminaries, make small talk with the girl, get a drink, keep her company. And then James would say, She ready? I ain't got no time now. Make sure she ready. And he says, hop on, roll off, straight missionary, straight to the point. Never saw a reason for anything else. <laughs> <laughs> he had some white mates and he asked a white friend this. Why does a white man eat a woman? What's he get out of that? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> So he's getting like, he's got fluffers to like diddle his birds. Yeah. And then he'll like just hop, like get straight in so he doesn't have to do any of the boring fucking kissing bollocks. <laughs> no it's kissing, like, just bump dick in. you ready? <laughs> dick in. <laughs> do me dick in, dick in. Right, done. Why, why, why would you want to, why do you want to fucking eat a woman? <laughs> just what, what do you get out of it? 
That's a pint. How baffled he is, mate. What's a, what are you doing that for? <laughs> this is amazing, this story as well. So we've got this um, assistant, Roosevelt Johnson. And James Brown's in his sixties at this point, And he rings up Roosevelt Johnson at three in the morning. And, and this is what he always says when he's got something astonishing to report. So he says this. Are you sitting down, Mr. Johnson? Black man don't know nothing. Black man don't know a damn thing. A white man, he get in his woman from behind. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's seen, he's been watching Playboy, Playboy Channel, a white couple doing doggy style sex. Right. And that's blown his fucking mind. He didn't even know it. He's in his Shit. 60s. He never knew about it. His assistant pretended to be surprised by it. He said, you had to go there with him because he didn't know anything Mr. Brown didn't know. He's just, he's not talking for his race, is he? He's just talking for him. He's just a fucking, like, so basic, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. He's not talking for all, for anyone else apart from himself. But he thinks because he's seen a white man do one thing, like, every that's white a guy does White thing. <laughs> And he rings up his assistant at three in the morning to tell him this. <laughs> <laughs> so this assistant, Johnson, so he'd, he'd, he'd like iron his clothes and stuff, make sure he had an aspirin with his breakfast. And he'd always give him 50 milligrams of Viagra before every show. And he says, really? it yeah, he says it wasn't a sex thing. He thought it gave him extra energy. I bet it did. <laughs> so he's fucking doing his show with a fucking <laughs> stonk on. <laughs> doing all these like flips and do that thing where he got the cape and he kind of falls to the floor and he carries off and he bounces back with a boner <laughs> yeah in his later years he, you know he got really into PCP no yeah he was a fuck up man a real real fuck up coke PCP I thought he found God and he was like clean for the last 30 years or something well this girlfriend he kept on the side for 40 years Gloria Daniel she said motherfucker was crazy it was a drugs he thought his entire house was watching him I see them trees. That's them. They watching me. He thought the government had bugged everything, placed tiny cameras in the curtains, satellites through his windows. He's fucking insane. Yeah, proper tinfoil hat guy. Yeah. She'd be rolling like a cig for him because he says that's a woman's job. And she'd have to, <laughs> and she'd have to sit there naked so he can look at her because he's getting ready to fuck her. <laughs> All right. <laughs> But this image is horrible. One night, summer of 2001, so he'd slathered Gloria in Vaseline and she says, he liked you all greased up like a pork chop. <laughs> he wore out trying to come, left the room. She fell asleep. When she woke up, he was stood at the foot of a bed in a full-length mink coat, bare-chested, a black cowboy hat and a silk pyjama pants with one leg tucked into a cowboy boot and the other one hanging out. And he had a shotgun over his shoulder <laughs> and a white stripe of makeup under each eye. This is what he said to her. I'm an Indian tonight, baby. Come on, let's have it. <laughs> <laughs> and then he dumped a pickle jar of change on the floor, told her to get a machete. They took the Rolls Royce, drove about clipping mailboxes, smoking weed and screaming about being an Indian. God, he fucking lost it, hasn't he? Later years of James Brown, though. Absolute yeah, madness. He'd, yeah, he'd fucking lost the plot, hasn't he? A few more stories. This is from that book I mentioned. It's called One, The Life and Music of James Brown by R. Smith, R.J. Smith. Uh, just a few little stories. This is the most interesting one. So, 1977, uh, Jimmy Carter took over as president. Well, he won the presidency, didn't he? James Brown sat down and wrote a letter to him in which he sought to explain himself. He shares with Carter his first sexual encounter 
and then his incarceration. And he's leading up to a request to refile his taxes and clean up his financial problems. So the, the president never responded. What the fuck? So he's writing to fucking President Carter, telling him about his first sexual encounter. Why does he want to know? That? Why does he have to explain himself to the president? <laughs> Who the fuck knows? You know what? It was a pretty fucking big deal back then, though. He was, like, he, he was used to calm riots down. They screened one of his gigs to stop riots. The people stayed at home and watched it. So he right. was kind of important. But still, you don't write a letter to the president. Tell him about your first bang and then ask for your taxes to be wiped out. I've searched for that letter, though. I've searched everywhere for that letter. It can't be found. He would have just fucking binned it, wouldn't he? He would have been like, fuck that, that's not from James Brown. (laughs) (laughs) What's this nonsense? This has nothing to do with, like, anything important. So we've got a few insights into the kind of woman he likes. Uh, In 1969, he released a song called You've Got to Have a Mother for Me. And mother was what he called arse. Yeah. So he likes big arse. One of the members of his band, Fred Davis, he said, that man would fuck a snake if it had an ass on it. <laughs> <laughs> I could I've not been able to shake that age for days. <laughs> There's a snake with a big ass <laughs> wibbling around. That's kind of cool. That man would fuck a snake if it had an ass on it. <laughs> Just like, can't imagine a snake with a big ass. <laughs> And here's another line. So he likes big girls, it says here. He likes them hearty. Somebody that's thin can only be my sister. When you have a real relationship with a woman, she's supposed to knock you out. It's supposed to drain you, see? Unless you get that kind of feeling, it's a joke. Unless she can put you to sleep. I don't know what he means, though. Because he's what? big and heavy, just not knocking him out. Oh, right, yeah. I think, just I think that's what he means. He wants a big sleep like. Fucking chokehold. <laughs> yeah, that's what he's into. Yeah, he wants someone that can dominate him. Yeah. What do you reckon, true? <sighs> yeah. If he's on PCP, that's pretty believable. Yeah, that he'd end up that way. And all the other stuff, it seems really realistic because he's kind of fucking far out, James Brown. So I don't, I don't disbelieve that he was shagging girls in prison, that he was pimping as a little kid. I, I believe it all. The sex change room is really weird. There's some there's something going on there's there. There's something with that in there. I don't know um I don't know whether it's like complete bullshit or just fabricated for press or, or whether it was to cover up someone else. I can't work that out. That other book I read, it, it, it said at the end, like casting suspicion on it, it said the best way to kill a rumour is to get ahead of it. They're insinuating that he had something going on with this Bobby Bird. And he can't he doesn't seem like he had any gay or by his tendencies. He just seemed like a straight guy. The, the straightest guy ever. He didn't even know what doggy style was till he was 60 odd. Yeah, so, just a bit of a prude more than anything. Yeah. Anything that gets it over with quick as possible. Yeah. I don't want to do all that foreplay. I'll get me fucking mate to, to finger her for a bit and then I'll fucking dive in. Never done anything else but missionary. Never even like licked anyone out of... <laughs> try and go in from the back or anything like that <laughs> just proper basic bastard wasn't he but he's not like he's offended by it really he's just confused and that, that's quite charming that he's just just baffled by things I'm not charmed by him <laughs> do you not think he comes across well in these stories no I think like like divorcing himself from any of the the stuff that makes sex like any good just want the fucking raw basics of it just get a fucking flashlight or something then you <laughs> fucking madhead 
And he'd slather, slather women in Vaseline because he liked them all greased up. <laughs> yeah, that's because he can't fucking excite them because he doesn't do anything. Yeah, that's what a sex machine means, isn't it? Yeah, just a pure I'm machine. I'm a sex machine. I've not got any emotion or like, I'm just that thing that you go, dugga, 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 dugga. Yeah, because sex machine's not a good thing. It's that. It's fucking yeah. robotic, thought, horrible shit. I thought that was meant to mean that it's like a machine that was designed for optimum pleasure and, you know. But no, it's just like a machine that was built in the 70s to fuck you. <laughs> now we know. Woke or cancelled. Is he woke or does he need me cancelled? Um, it's, you you tell me what is he? He was not woke, but is he cancellable? You, well, you know the answer to that. If he's not woke, what is he? But what's he done? That what is he? But what's he done? That's what's, terrible. Is, he just doesn't he know woke? things. Is he woke? Is he woke? <laughs> is he woke? Yeah. Fuck off. He's woke. <laughs> All right, he's woke. I'll go with that. Uh, yeah, dancers that didn't shave. He was, yeah, he was, he was walking. <laughs> body, body hair positive. Body positive, yeah. He's interested in other races. He's <laughs> fascinated <laughs> by the white man. Well, he's, and he's a paranoid freak, so hyper-woke. Yeah, yeah. He's, he knows that the government's watching him and no one believes him. Yeah, he's not woke, is he? But he's not that... For, for his time, he's not... What's the worst thing that he's done that you're going to cancel him for? Making his girlfriend sit there naked, rolling a cig for him. What's wrong with being naked? Are you you're trying to shame the human, the female form? Fair point. Fuck it, then he's woke. Woke. James Brown is woke. Welcome back to Famous First Times. <laughs> now, we're going to talk about a man that's uh, very close to our hearts and probably everyone's in the UK. He's called Jim Bowen. And uh, I'm no detective, but I and Ian have tried to look up his virginity story and, and just any sex story. And there's been a lot of rumours floating about about his sexual exploits. 
but it's been very hard to find out about them. So we tried to find his book and we looked on Amazon, but when we looked there, it was really expensive. It was 50 quid, 50 pounds for a book. And it was just too much to spend. So we had to explore other avenues. <laughs> we went on jimboeing.com and found his CD. We ordered his CD off jimboeing.com. We went... <laughs> I thought, just as anyone would, that this doesn't look like a very well-maintained website. I'm doubtful that it's even being looked at if an order gets processed. But we placed the order. We bought the CD. Went on the website. It's run by his widow, Phyllis. You meant to send an inquiry. So I sent an inquiry about how much is a CD. And she got back to me. He said, you don't need to pay for it. All you need to do is make a donation of £10 and then just send it out. Well, that's a really good deal. It's fucking amazing, isn't it? So you didn't pay anything. Well, it's a tight time. It's a donation. It's, it's donation it's, to me. To, a donation in its very essence is um, optional. Or it won't be a donation. Anyway. Anyway, we got <laughs> the CD. But there's a little tip for you listeners. If you want a Jimbo in CD, get it for fucking free. You don't need to pay anything. Just say you will. Phyllis ain't going to check. And he said it came with a signed photograph of Jim Bowen. This is a sad story. So, listeners, you might be aware of the Hemingway, alleged Hemingway story. Uh, The saddest, shortest story ever told. For sale, baby shoes, never worn. Everyone knows that. The saddest story on JimBowen.com is... For free, Bowen photo, never signed. (laughs) It, was, it wasn't signed because he's dead, so we can't sign it. But we thought that he'd have signed a shitload before he died. That would have been nice of him, wouldn't it? Just leave something there. Whatever you might think of Jim, don't really care about his fans that much. And anyway, do you know what? The emails got from Phyllis. A bit pissy. She never got back to me when I said, like, who do you want me to donate to? She sent you a CD for fuck all. <laughs> Be grateful. So, yeah, so we got the CD. We've got the... We, we did buy the book as well didn't we found it on ebay for about what was it six seven quid a bit cheaper so all these like legendary stories of jim bowen and his like sexual exploits um they what? should all be in there what are these legendary stories he's not you've heard loads of stories about jim bowen everyone what? knows like just check in really? what is this real? sensual like yeah. all the ladies loved him i've never heard this where have you heard that just through the grapevine you're making shit I'm up. Not. He's a fucking sexual legend. <laughs> Legendary swordsman. Yeah. Well, I've not heard that. But is any of this shit in his book? Because you're the one who's who's rifled through it and well, found all the juicy stuff. I'm not going to give you spoilers right now. I'm okay, we're going okay. to fucking get to it. Oh, good. I'm gagging. <laughs> gagging for a bit of gin. So, Ian, um, Jim Bowen, what do you reckon of him? Uh, fucking love him. Absolutely loved him as a kid. Yeah, I think he's brilliant. He's Absolutely fucking, fucking love him. Yeah. He's fucking brilliant. He's like your uncle with low-key racism and homophobia, but he's like kind of nice about it. Well, I have ignorance rather than malice then. Yeah, he just doesn't know any better and he's, he's, <laughs> generally, he's generally a nice guy and from a different era. And he's the last real successful northern everyday kind of presenter comic guy who's not just a stand-up 
Alright, this is from From a Bundle of Rags, an autobiography by Jim Bowen, and it was released in 1994. The classic story of a 50s teenager goes, I remember my first sexual experience very clearly. I was 11, I was on my own at the time. <laughs> These days, you don't need a church socials, you could just go around the back of the building and be naughty and you both like. I'm not sure that things have altered for the better, but the young people I know seem to have a fairly healthy, well-balanced idea about sex, and they do it together very much more than we did. <laughs> Mr Happy wasn't too happy, we really didn't know what it was about we didn't half miss out what wasted years just uh, mr happy is what he calls his dick yeah, that's his penis isn't yeah, it yeah just... i got that <laughs> all right i cracked that <laughs> crossword puzzle <laughs> fucking frick <laughs> <laughs> serving in the news agents at paddyham brought me into direct eye contact with a wonderful varieties of ladies lumps it was about this time I had an unusually straightened conversation with my uncle Arthur. Dad and I never had a man-to-man -man talk about anything, least of all lumps and ladies, and he, he must have arranged to delegate that delicate subject to my nautical uncle. Well-intentioned, maybe, but totally ineffective. I was so surprised that my mind went blank, and I didn't take in any of this precious information that he offered. <laughs> I just remember seeing my uncle's normally jovial face pulled into a strangely serious expression with a succession of new and unintelligible words coming out of it. Birds and bees passing ships in the night without washing the private parts with care. Be prepared for dangerous fumblings which could delay events on ladies' calendars. <laughs> Any link between calendars and birds and bees sailing on ships passing in the dark without navigational aids and being in need of cleansing was beyond me. You're fucking beyond me as well. <laughs> I took in absolutely nothing. <laughs> his first go was on his own. Yeah, another first wank story. I fucking love it when we get first wanks. I mean, it's I not a it. story about his first wank. It um, counts. It, it counts for this podcast. Yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll give you that. Uh, yeah, so he was 11. Huh? I mean, I'm, I'm just chuffed to know that. I know Jim Bowen was 11 when he had his first wank. I mean, that's <laughs> fucking brilliant information. I know you do. Everyone does. We all know about Jim Bowen <laughs> being 11, having a wank. Picture Jim Bowen at 11 <laughs> years old with Mr. Happy. <sighs> but yeah, that's him wanking at 11. And we, we know that he calls... Tits and asses, lumps. I'm just thinking tits, because like he, um, there's like a woman that he works with or something, and he calls her a lumpless. He has some receptionist at a school, isn't it? And he calls yeah. her lumpless. That's fucking well weird, isn't it? Yeah. That that's her defining feature that she was lumpless. lumpless. And it calling kind of lump not <laughs> small chested or anything lumpless. It's <laughs> fucked up. Well, here's a couple of stories from his teenage years. Girls never featured much in my teens, although I know that it may be hard to imagine today. I could look forward to two hours of all-time dancing every Saturday night at Paddyhoom's Fleshpot. That's a fucking good name for a club, isn't it? He's fucking called it himself, you know that. All right, shit. Sure. <laughs> St Leonard's Parish Church Hall. 
In this den of adolescent passion and vice, we strutted our stuff to the throbbing melodies of the Valeta, the military two-step, and yes, even the gay gardens in the 1950s. This meant a happy dancing Scotsman. Uh, and this was where I first noticed that girls had lumps. <laughs> By far, the riskiest dance of the evening was the cha-cha with the samba, a less intense second. In the style of the day, these dances involve bodily movements verging on the suggestive, bottoms wagging uh, furiously and tops swaying in unison. I was confident that my own protuberance went unnoticed, probably because I was too frightened to join in at the dance. I never got the chance to confirm or disprove my notion that you could make babies by touching ladies' lumps. Because I always got the cold shoulder from any girl I dared to draw close to my Windsor knot. I couldn't pull a ligament. <laughs> I was seriously worried one eventful night at St. Leonard's Church Hall when it actually kissed one of the girls. I think I interfered with her bosom. Although, on reflection, it was not a deliberate interference. It was almost unavoidable. And I was worried sick of what the reprisals would be. The church social was not a place for bosom touching. And I don't think a lot of that went on amongst my friends. At 15 or 16, we didn't touch one another anywhere else, that's for sure. It's not getting much, is it? No, what is this? It's like 50s, though, isn't it? Very early 1950s. There's no no one's shagging around back then, are they? These are fucking piss-weak stories, Ian. Hey! You're fucking... not fucking getting any. <laughs> what do you want me to do? I want him fucking knee-deep in Fanny. I want to hear about his dick. <laughs> well, you keep talking about his protuberance. Yeah, his protuberance. Is, that, is he on about his... No, that's not on about his will, Protuberance is, it? is it someone that protrudes outwards. It's his dick. Is, he, is it that what he's talking about? He's talking about <laughs> <Yeah>. dancing. <laughs> <laughs> no, confident that my own protuberance went unnoticed. That's his knob. Oh, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Did he have a boner while he was dancing then? Yeah, but he says he, they didn't see it too much because he was too frightened to join in most of the time. So he oh. just sat there with a fucking boner <laughs> watching these women. He's <laughs> <laughs> like trying to get them to look at him. <laughs> Sat there at the back with his boner going, Well, no one noticed that I'm aroused right now. <laughs> oh, what's going on? Someone look at me, Semi. There's a really sad bit after this, and he talks about going home on the buzz after these dances where he never got anything. Oh, he describes it really touchingly. He just took his suit off, and he took his tie off over his head, and he hung it in his wardrobe, just waiting for the next girl to ignore him in it. <laughs> really fucking melancholic moan in his books. Fuck me. Because he had them big glasses, innit? He blames his glasses for a lot in this, you know. Hard relate with him and his glasses. Alright, so this is his first bird, his first girlfriend. <laughs> this is his, this is his first girlfriend, Christine. So he used to go around to her house, mid teens here. So yeah. <laughs> Christine's parents. They used to go out and leave us alone, then uh, fumble noisily with the latch key when they returned. Oh, I didn't like them. No, they... no, no, he did, he did, he did. Oh, I did like them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, I did like them. 
They were a great couple. Decent, Christian and understanding. And nicely reckless, I thought. But my moments of teenage passion, 50s style, were well spent in making up for lost time, kissing and cuddling. And I never got my socks off. In fact, I never got anything off. <laughs> and I certainly didn't get Christine off. <laughs> and after her mother tactfully lowered our blood pressure with tea and biscuits, I'd head briskly for the last bus, adjusting my disturbingly efficient army underpants cellular, Mr. Happy for the containing of... <laughs> <laughs> That's a fucking weird one. That's a fucking weird one. <laughs> it's like that cut up technique Burroughs. It's like William Burroughs. <laughs> Just throw the words in, see what happens. Yeah, so he didn't shag. No, so he didn't shag her again, but he's tiny's best, man. It's for 50s. And these parents, they sound like decent people. These, They're these just guys. fucking squares, aren't they? Tea and biscuits, stopping them shagging. Not stopping them shagging, so they don't walk in on them. While they're shagging, a bit of warning. They're not being dicks. They're being. Or fumbling the key in the door loads. <laughs> this is what you do, Jim. We're coming in. We're coming in. Yeah, I'm so, you warning. so they didn't get time to get dressed and put petticoat back on. Mister <laughs> 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 Happy for the containing of. No, the full thing is adjusting my disturbingly efficient army underpants cellular. Mr. Happy for the... It's fucking nonsense, isn't it? It's fucking gibberish. I don't get it at all. I don't know why he's put the word cellular in there for. I don't know what cellular means outside of fucking phones. Oh, yeah. uh, who knows? Different time, innit? Different, different world, don't Different world. <laughs> we'll I'm, never know. I'm already... I'm turning into Jim Bowen just <laughs> as a normal person. I'm not far off him. Well, here's a story about him shagging his wife. Uh, so they just bought the first house together. Talked about him getting into bed. Lovely. Right, so, smashing, great. We also got the use of a flock mattress, uh, slumped defiantly across the iron frame bed. That mattress was like a nocturnal amoeba. You climbed into it, you didn't lie on it, and so became engulfed by an amorphous mass that absorbed all life as we know it. Any healthy urge to search for another human form in the bed was discouraged by the prospect of the climb over the mountainous ridge separating any two parties. This, <laughs> this feat demanded so much energy that by the time the object of desire was reached, fatigue impaired performance. Suffice to say, there is a lot of truth in the story of the couple who bought the first interior sprung mattress to replace the flat one, but had to take it back to the shop with the embarrassed explanation, it's too fast for us. <laughs> What's... It's so, so weird. <laughs> it's fucking mad, isn't it? Right, oh, that's all right. I'm meant to know what the fucking flop mattress is. This came out in mid nineties, so it's not like another world. I fucking googled it. I thought it'd be like some weird bed that had a ridge in the middle of it for some a mad flock, reason. I'm just thinking like flop, like flop wallpaper is like fluffy. Yeah. It's some weird mattress that's full of like heavy materials. So as you lie in it, I suppose you just kind of sink into it and the shit comes up around you. So when you get a spring one, if you try shagging in it, it just bounces you off. Yeah, it, help, it aids the shagging. Yeah. Whereas this flock one, it just kind of... It makes it sound like you're swimming around in this fucking sea of material. Horrible. But I mean, he's not really shagging his wife in it, but... 
You're not have a fucking threesome at any point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I looked up flop mattress and it's some kind of heavy material. It's like feathers and just fluff and gunk and solid material. So it's not like springy. So what you're saying, Ian, is you get nothing in this story for doing a bed. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's pretty good. Yeah, no, that's good. <laughs> Two in the black, one in the pink. Did it end it? Nothing <laughs> did it? get for this. That's the, he didn't ever do oh, snooker. No. That's fucking big break. No, he said not... A, one in the black, two in the red, nothing in this game. Stay in the black, not in the red. Yeah. Stay in the black, not in the red. <laughs> nothing in this game, two in a bed. That was his catchphrase. Right. This story, penultimate story. Yeah. Is when he's in his 30s and he's doing a lot of stand-up around the country. One of the leading lights of Jan Brzezinka was uh, Ray Robinson. He was a very good tenor or alto sax player. He and I struck up a friendship and we would chat together in the interval, admiring the two most prominent features of the Wilton Lounge, which belonged to an attractive young lady who sold pies on a tray. I'm sure she got the job because the pies remained hot for longer when carried close to her ample frame. <laughs> she never actually served the pies herself. She couldn't see them. <laughs> so we just took the pies from under the human heated canopy, told her how many we'd taken and paid her accordingly. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> but he's, yeah, he's obsessed with tits, isn't he? Fucking he's a tit man for show. <laughs> yeah. Okay, final, final story. This one is still a teacher, but he's doing well as a comedian on the circuit. I applied only to learn that making something of a name for myself as a club comic was having a negative effect on my reputation as a teacher. Miss Bailey, the headmistress, quietly informed me that one of the school governors had primly but firmly opposed my application with the words... I believe Mr. Whitaker goes out at night telling smotted jokes. That wasn't quite true. I told stories that were smotty in her view, but in fact, I pride myself on never having told a dirty joke. <laughs> Does that remind you of anyone? Someone who's never told a dirty joke. No. Fucking hell. You. Right, James Brown in his story. He's, I've never put on a dirty show. I've never oh, put on shit, a dirty yeah. show in my life. So there's a fucking reason for doing the Jim Burns episode because it all ties in, see? So for all you listeners putting us down... Start fucking doing it! You know what we're doing. We are reos. <laughs> there's a method to it. It all ties together. <laughs> it's all linked up. The world is connected. <laughs> the universe is one throbbing mass of realness. Alright, is he chatting shit? Nay, he's all he's all real. All he's, bang on true, he's isn't a, it? He's a genuine man with <laughs> just truth in his heart. <laughs> he's a good is, he, is he the almost favourite one we've done out of everyone yet? Is he the guy you like most? He fucking is, isn't he? It's Jim it's Bowen. Right. It's a cooking cast off piss tape one and he's your favourite one. Fuck me. Thing is, I mean I like him, but is he woke or should it be cancelled? Right, here we go. Is he woke or does he need cancelling? Is-
is he scrupulous in his day-to-day -day dealings? Does he tend to treat his women disrespectfully? Can I call this one? Well, it depends what you're going to say. Honorary woke. He's, he's a good guy, and no matter what he's done, he's woke in my eyes. What were you going to say? I'm going to say fucking definitely cancelled. What? Why? What? It doesn't matter whether <laughs> I like him or not. You're more principled than me with this shit, aren't you? He is called women lumps. <laughs> he's... They're not called um, the women lumps, it's called the tits He's lump. objectified. And what are they? They are lumps. They're lumps that protrude from the body, as Jim might put it. So they no, are lumps. Not. Yeah, they are the lumps. They're, they're not lumpsy and they are breasts for feeding babies. <laughs> fucking lumps. He's used a weird term. Can't catch them for using a weird term. Yeah, not sexualised it. He's put it down to basic shapes and form. Yeah. Caveman or a baby or something. It's just, just a lump. He's not He's not made it anything yeah, saucy like or rude. Baby caveman. Baby caveman. <laughs> That's not right. Can't cancel him for being ignorant. Can, you can, can you? Fuck. Cancel Bowen. I don't want to hear any more about this man. That's it. What? That's you, the end of him. At the start of this, you you were the biggest fan. You fucking loved him. He's gone too far. <laughs> Hang on, apart from the lumps. Fuck you, man. Apart from the lumps, what else has he done that's bad? He's He's only shagged one woman in his life. Because Phyllis. Because what? Because he doesn't because he's too prejudiced to get off with other people because <laughs> uh don't fit in with the stereotype of... Uh, so, no, no, no. He's such a good man. He'll, when he gets a boner, he'd rather sit down so no one can see it. Because he's uh, that honourable. No, 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 he's not. He's sitting down. He's, no one's getting upset by it. He's a good man. He's fucking woke. I think we should cancel him. I don't want to hear any more about him. <laughs> Split decision. What are we going to do here? Don't know. <laughs> Guess we just have to agree to disagree. Yeah. yeah. I do want to add another little element though. So we've done James Brown and Jim Bowen. Who would you rather fuck? <laughs> for James Brown and Jim Bowen. Yeah, who would you rather fuck? It's the new, a new bit for the show. <laughs> um, fucking hell, they're both fucking men, you know. <laughs> I think James Brown would probably be better at it. Remember, it was like sex machine, though, innit? Just do, 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 do. no foreplay, no kissing. But you don't, do you really want to kiss Jim Bowen? Because he'd be all kissing. <laughs> sloppy, sloppy. You're a right nice lad, you Ian. You're right nice. <laughs> Here, let me touch your balls. <laughs> Come on, Ian. Oh, all right. Um, so, uh, what, what, what would you like to do? Would you like to go in my bum hole? Or would you like me to uh, put me tongue around your, uh, your belly? <laughs> what would you like? I'll do what you like. Yeah, he's not With James Brown, would be like, I'm going to fuck you in your ass. <laughs> and you ain't got to fucking... God damn saying the matter. <laughs> Telling y'all. James Brown would definitely be the fucker rather yeah, than the fucking. There's no way he's gonna like. He's not. He's not like going to do him. He's bussy. <laughs> <laughs> Jim Bowen. I chose uh, Jim because he probably. No, oh, you've gone for Jim. Yeah, just because I don't want to get fucked in the ass by James Brown, <laughs> like pounding me like a fucking machine. <laughs> Thank you.
Right, thanks for listening. Come on. Come on. Do you know what I'm trying to remember what we just done. Fuck me, man. How about you? And that's James Brown done and Jim Bowen done. Um, two absolute fucking legends covered in Famous First Times, episode two, uh, series two. And um, thank you uh, for, for listening and really, you know, smash that fucking subscribe button if you don't mind. Yeah, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Who's fucking listening on YouTube? It's all about the podcast listening apps. Yeah. Uh, rating on there. I don't know how to do it, but you find out how to do it. Stick a five-star rating on there. And also, if you want to tell us about your first sexual experience, we'd love to hear about it. If you want to tell us on a voicemail, you can ring our number and we will uh, we will play it out for you. That is 07896-493-664. That's the number you'd call if you want to tell us about a, f- a funny shagging story you've got. Uh, if you do want to email it, if you don't want to speak, I'll read it out for you. Uh, but just email in at... FFT at giveover.co.uk. And let us know your accent as well. Yeah, give us a clue of where you're from so um, I can nail you voice so yeah yeah tune in next week and we'll have more famous first time show up dogs <laughs> yeah cheers bye bye